Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. It's the spookiest time of the year, and we are continuing our special October movie month, where each of us selects one Halloween-inspired film to re-review. If you missed it, go back and listen to the first episode, where we watched Casper, and the second episode, where we watched The Ring. Matt has selected Jeepers Creepers for our third film. At the end of this episode, a randomizer will pick the fourth movie from a selection of 30 spooky horror-filled films, and the fifth and final selection will be revealed before October 31st. Jeepers Creepers was released in 2001, directed by Victor Salva, starring Gina Phillips, Justin Long, and Jonathan Breck. This movie tells us not to take the long way home through the countryside on spring break. Now, this is a fair warning. We're spoiling a 21-year-old movie, so if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. I think I'm going to start this off by asking a question. Bobby, what are your favorite horror movie tropes? Uh, horror movie tropes are hard. <laughs> I feel like it's easier to point out the ones you don't like compared yeah, to the ones that you do I, like, I, I guess. <laughs> I really want to say, you know, like... Hey, that's, why I'm joke, that's why I'm challenging you. Look behind you. Don't go up the stairs. Don't go down the stairs. Don't go anywhere dark. You must have a phone with you at all times. I don't like any. <laughs> uh, don't drive stick like shift. <laughs> How about for you, man? <laughs> it's like, is everyone fine if they drive like a Prius or something? Like they're, they're going to be perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> I think that honestly, the one that tends to stick to me the most, uh, as far as like a trope is probably the, and I, I actually think it happened in this movie, the slow appearance of the, of the villain slash monster in the background while the main character is mm-hmm. unaware. Um, a good example of, mm-hmm. is like Halloween with Michael Myers slowly appearing out of the shadows. In this case, you had the two characters in the car talking um, the RV, I think pulled out of the way onto a side road. And then behind yeah, it was one. that was the monster truck or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> like, I that's feel like, like that's a great name for it's, this. It's like slowly appearing in the background. And then as you know, as it progresses, you're noticing like how quick it's, it's growing in the background. So like, I think that's probably my favorite because I think when it's well done, mm-hmm. it builds dread really well. Yeah. I actually have to agree there. I think I'm going to talk about what I hate. You know what I hate? Oh, <laughs> oh you no, you, you fast. You, you, can, you can't you flip it. Up. You gotta tell. Oh, I could totally flip it. <laughs> Specifically because we're gonna talk about getting into this movie, and, and and Matt, you revealed some of it here. I hate really stupid characters, and and we'll probably get into like why they have to do this so so much. But we're we're opened up to uh to the characters of Trish and Derry, Gina Phillips and Justin Long, uh, brother and sister who were on the road, you know, heading home. It's spring break, it's time to head home. And I mean, from the get-go, they were annoying. And I hate to say it, and it's like they rode that the entire friggin' movie where I think you both heard me exclaim at parts like, I'm just done. I'm so done with like the choices they're making. And I know that these choices exist because they need to keep pushing the movie forward and they have to make the dumb decisions. But did it hurt so much? It hurt me so much. Do they much. have to though? Do they have to make the dumb decisions? Can they just make wrong decisions and they're not necessarily dumb? They're just... Do you feel that they were making wrong decisions or dumb ones? You tell me. Uh, both. It was a little bit of both. I mean, you know, you're, you're right. Matt talked about the introduction of our 
of our monster truck, which, man, it would be so much better if that was Bigfoot coming down the highway behind him just to, <laughs> just to run him over. <laughs> that would be such a, a different image. But, I mean, that was a really creepy-looking vehicle coming up behind, very ominous and, and threatening them. And we, we see it get a lot more aggressive. But, you know, they played the game with the license plate. And, of course, this car has a very specific license plate that looks like it says beaten you. B-E-A-T-N-G-U. Yeah, really funny. Like they're angry people. But what what did we see right before that? The um uh, the family? What was their license plate? So does that mean that license plate was there before? Or does that mean that the creeper was like at, at, at the his, DMV? Like, la- yeah, at the DMV, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh wait, let me see. Oh yeah, be <laughs> this is gonna be a good one. Ah. He's like, oh, I have to pay extra for that. <laughs> well, you're hitting on a thing, right? Because he definitely moved around the world almost in a very normal sense. So with that trench coat, you know, with the gray hair, he's probably like, I gotta register this vehicle. And, like, it occurred to me, too, he, like, burned down the church because he was afraid of getting caught by the cops or something. Like, what was that about? Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, skipping ahead to see what he eventually does to to the police force. But you're right. What what was the fear there? So, okay. We don't know. They find this dude dropping bodies down a hole. He's like, I can't go to jail. I'm busting yeah. out. <laughs> and and the Justin Longcarrick, oh my gosh, Derry, uh, decides, you know what I'll do? I'm going to throw myself down a tube where I just saw someone throwing bodies down the tube because that just seems like the appropriate thing to do. And, you know, there were, there were points where this movie was being, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? It was being very meta about, you know, this isn't the time, you know, when people are making this dumb decision, Trish calls them out on it. Like, this is that moment where you're making that yeah they did that more than once where they reference scary movies and i didn't really i didn't really like that what you didn't like it no i don't like when scary movies reference scary movies i think they're trying to be clever but i don't i just i just like oh i get it we're watching a scary movie and they're saying they shouldn't do this in scary movies but isn't i mean for them going into it and actually being self-aware enough to do that and then still making those dumb decisions. Is that the part that's grating? Because I think that's what gets it for me. I would really love it for one time if they're going to do that. And then they go, you know what? You're right. Maybe I'm not going to go down the uh, the hole where the bodies were dropping. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of, I, I think I'm kind of the reverse of Bobby on this, that I tend to prefer whenever there's at least some acknowledgement of things like horror movies. Like zombie movies are the, the ones that always kind of bother me the most where a zombie outbreak occurs and no one seems to be aware of what a zombie is. And it always really bugs me that apparently all zombie movies take place in a world where zombie movies don't exist. No. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel mm-hmm. like I'm okay with it. Um, I think that you need to be really clever with your writing to make it work. I think that scream is a good example, right? They're very meta in scream. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you're, you use the meta nature of it to progress character or yeah, I think it's mostly character. Cause if you use it to progress the story, I feel like that's where it starts coming off pretty cheap. Um, if it tells you something about the character, their awareness and that, and it continues to be something that the character lives by, like you did see in scream, then I think it's okay. But 
sometimes whenever you see it used, it's usually almost like a wink and a nod to say like, Hey, we're aware that they're doing stupid stuff. Like it's a horror trope. We know we get it. It's, it's more of like a shield for bad writing rather than, you know, a useful narrative tool. And you get Trish is the one who said it, right? And I think this is where I was hoping that she would kind of be that rock to not fall into the same things. And it seemed they they made a distinct thing to have both the Trish character and the Derry character kind of switch off who was going to be the one who's kind of making those ridiculous decisions at, at any given time. Um, we get to the point where they're seeking help after he finds this church with tons of bodies in it. And I was, uh, you know, he gets into this diner, very creepy, weird, but very popular, tons of people just hanging out at this diner, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, gets a random phone call from a woman telling them, you know, knows their name and everything like that. And they get a hold of the cops. And at this point, you know, I was very suspicious. And I think this is where I was definitely leaning into the the horror aspect. I didn't know who to trust because I honestly thought the whole town was in on it. Yeah, it, it, I thought that too when I when the diner situation happened. It honestly could have went that direction. I feel like you could have very easily made it that it's the uh and it's actually kind of like a horror movie trope, right? The the town's dark secret. Mm-hmm. Almost like they're letting it they're they're kind of letting it be and letting it kill uh people driving through the town as opposed to killing them, mm-hmm. you know, for the greater good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have easily had it go that direction and it kind of did feel like it potentially could have been setting that up, but then, yeah, it, it, it didn't. And it's weird because, uh, I can't remember what her name was. The psychic, uh, Giselle, Giselle. Yep. You know, she makes reference a little bit later on that it happens every 23 years, kind of like in it. Right. Um, so you would think there were some people who have experienced all these disappearances occurring every 23 years. So you'd think there'd be some sort of awareness of it. See, that's one thing I didn't understand. Is it always the same place every time or is it not established? I I guess, guess. I guess with that vehicle, he should be on the move, right? He could be. And he, I mean, he did, I mean, he did move locations within the span of the movie, right? He moved from the church to the, the warehouse or whatever towards the end or power plant or whatever that was is a big rusty, like industrial looking building. So he has multiple locations um, or he's at the very least willing to migrate. So I guess maybe that is the case. Maybe he does just move every 23 years so that it doesn't draw too much attention. And then just regrows himself. Spoiler alert. Definitely just regrowing. Does he stop for gas? I, you know the the, the gas the gas thing this whole movie is something that we should all talk about because these vehicles look like gas guzzlers but they were definitely Priuses right because he he's got a he's got like a biofuel system going actually, on. it's running on bot dead bodies that's fantastic that's that's it's, a, it's actually pedal power so we I mean we get to that first introduction and, and we see the the character you know basically dismantle. The, the cop car and, and take out the cops that were following them as they were on their way to the church. We, we find out that he's burning the church down because he doesn't want to get caught again, very confusing given what he is clearly a supernatural creature with how it moves. Um, but then you, you, you get the, the vision, you see it in the, the back of his head kind of in the cop car. And then he gets out and you have both Trish and, and Derry just staring the whole time. All of us were like, drive away. 
please just drive away. Do something to save yourselves. No, they just stare and watch. And um, how'd you how'd you feel about the character when you saw it in full for the first time? Not impressed. I I I think I actually took a note down that I I feel like oh what did I, I put exactly less is more with the monster. Like I feel like for the most part it should have stayed shadowed. And I even pointed out I saw the zipper at one point mm-hmm. um, on its back and when they showed it in that scene, it was already too much and it wasn't, it wasn't intimidating at all. It wasn't scary. It wasn't, you know, you could have easily not had it be a monster and it could have just been like, you know, the Hills have eyes. It was just like some deformed guy or something. And it would have had either the same effect or a better effect compared to, you know, it literally could have turned around and it could have been a T-Rex and a, you know, a, a, a long jacket and a hat <laughs> and it would have been about the same effect of ridiculousness, <laughs> but that's just me. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I got, I, I instead of a T-Rex, I have another Velociraptor in a jacket, just a trench coat turns around. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. That's too good. I mean, <clears throat> it was definitely a little bit underwhelming I, I think that's that's a kinder way to to kind of point it out because you're trying to figure out well what's really happening here is it human or what you know what what are we really running into so we get to the point that they move on they finally drive away like the smart kids should should do and and then we get to where i think i was also frustrated with trisha's character where he's telling her to slow down because she's driving like a bat out of hell and so she stops <laughs> she's like well we need to get a phone we need to call someone which We've talked about this. How do you how do you make a proper film these days with everyone who has cell phones that could really <laughs> technically get access to help that these movies they say are, you can't have? You, you all you have all your characters have iPhones and their battery just goes from fifty percent to zero percent in three minutes. My solution is that they have a fully working phone and it doesn't help them. The creature's still going to kill them anyway. I mean. I mean, there has to be a way around it. Honestly, you, I mean, you can get away with it. Cause I think that when they got to the police station, I, I know we're kind of jumping a little bit ahead, but I feel that you, you do the same thing that you saw in the original Terminator movie, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. if you have a phone. It doesn't matter if you have all the cops and all the guns in the world. It's an unstoppable force that you just keep running from. Um, so even if you have a phone, like, uh, I think was it Justin's long character, Derry, he, when they did stop at the house and she's like, Oh, maybe they have a phone. We should call someone. And he's like, who, who are you going to call? And she didn't know she, she, you know, they, they had already just seen two police officers get murdered. Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, there was really no one they were going to be able to call that was really going to be able to do anything about it or even if they did that potentially would even believe them. Mm-hmm. So again, even if they had cell phones galore, like Bobby said, you, you make it a mute point. It doesn't matter if you call someone because you call, you know, the militia or the military and it pounds right through them. Right. So, or you call the lady with cats and, and a gun and a single gun. <laughs> I, man, I really wanted that lady to be a total badass. Yeah. That would have been awesome. I mean, she kind of was, she shot She a shot a bit. Yeah. But then she walked in with the gun pointed down and yeah. 
She was going to rely on the cats to uh, to to get to it. Now, uh, this is probably going to be the lamest thing, but we're, we'll talk about my favorite scene of the entire film because it happens right here. Uh, they get in the car and they're trying to get away. They can only go in reverse. And as per usual, they stop. <laughs> and she figures out how to drive the car and they proceed to play a game of chicken with Mr. Jeeper Creeper. And he does some magic work hopping over that car. And I'm telling you, I loved every bit of that wire work. <laughs> You know, so during that scene, the previous scene with the cops, with him using the little axe thing, and then this scene where you, because you, I think that was the first scene where you really fully see him, mm-hmm. like pretty well lit, and you see his full body, and that all combined, I put down on my notes, he looks like a Buffy villain of the week. Oh yes, totally. That's probably why I loved this car scene in particular. <laughs> so when you said that, I was like, it's because he looks like a Buffy villain. It's it's so Buffy, and especially him like running on top of the car with all the grace of a ninja because he has that agility. It was it was fantastic. And then we get to the thing that you know you mentioned. We go further on. Obviously, he survives this, but they run him over multiple times and we get the reveal that he is a winged creature so i want to ask what do you think he is i mean beyond just a demon no i mean that 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 would be my i guess that'd be my well i don't know because like i feel like a movie like this especially during the time period that it is they'd probably try to make it out to be some sort of prehistoric thing that's always existed mm-hmm. or whatever rather than it being a paranormal type thing mm. so it's it's more like a chicada right or uh is it chicada? What, what's the one where uh they they like nest for like a certain amount of time uh, and they pop uh, out for like yeah. one day for breeding uh, season right. and then they go back and that's it like it's almost like that right mm-hmm. i i definitely feel like what's they definitely they definitely should have taken it more the more down the demonic route but then that would have been a whole different movie right yeah, I really, I mean, well, what was the deal? What was the deal with the with the psychic chick? Wasn't she part of like I I thought they were kind of going down that route a little bit. I, I guess I don't know. I you know because the, the, didn't you like in the way that it smells fear? Like I mean, she came in to I, just tell us the entire like why this thing works the yeah. way it works. She 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 was a plot convenience at best, and the fact. Like they're literally like, we need someone to sit there and explain everything. How can she explain everything? Well, she's a psychic, obviously. <laughs> and that's how she knows everything. And so it very much reminded me of the scene from uh was it Poltergeist? Where where the uh the 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 shorter woman comes in and she kind of explains like, you know, this house is haunted or whatever to kind of help the family. Like I feel like that was kind of like her role in this. Mm. And to be right. purely exposition for the audience so that like I wouldn't be shocked if this was purely pickup that they did Ooh. after the fact. Some executive was watching this, and like, I don't. Who is he? Where did he come from? Why is he chasing them? Uh, we need somebody who can do that. But who? A psychic. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, her filling that psychic gap to answer all those questions. I think that's where you hit another one of my frustration points because, you know, she's there in their face. So we move on. We get to this police station. She's there in their face, telling them. You know, here's what's happening. And and Trish is just so much like, I don't have time for you. Like they, they do the full memory block thing, like the experiences they had in the scene prior somehow invalidate their current state of being. So they, they can ignore the fact that they were just fighting like a monster. Yeah, no, that's just, again, it makes me wonder 
if it was part of the original story or not. And it was, if it was just placed in there for, for the plot convenience, because again, it's one of those tropes, right? Literally during the initial part of the, whatever you want to call it, invasion or whatever Mm -hmm. of the police station, you can see the front door right there. They all came through the front door. And for whatever reason, they go in the opposite direction of the front door. And you're right. Like they, they write the characters so that, and it's a shame because they could have easily written the characters in a way that were consistent. Um, Maybe they could add Justin Long's character be, have like a hero complex or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Trisha's character could very much been a much more of a survivalist and a realist. Mm -hmm. And there was elements there. Those things were there. But then they would vanish whenever the plot needed them to do something stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, completely. Completely. I will ask, if you were like a wandering paranormal demon thing coming back to life every 23 years to eat people, what kind of trades do you think you would pick up? Do you think you'd be an electrician? who's really good <laughs> at turning out the lights at very key specific times. <laughs> I drove a, drove a stick shift better than our main character, so clearly he's he's picked up some things. But I guess technically, if you re, if you really wanted to, and I might be giving too much credit to the movie here, but they <laughs> did say it within the movie: if he eats people's brains, does he gain their knowledge? Oh, oh, oh! I like this. So maybe that's maybe that's how he's learning all these things that you think he shouldn't know. Huh. I actually and like it's that a lot. The story. That, that, that helps me answer and probably the reason for this. Okay, so we know this is part of a series of films. Have y'all watched this, you know, second, third? No. No. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I do remember one of them, and maybe it was the second one. It revolved around a school bus of kids. Like, there was a bunch of, like, teenagers. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, maybe it was the second or the third one. And I remember thinking, like, what I felt the character needed more than anything else was a much more pared down isolated thing. Like I, and this is kind of getting into the idea of like, how could you make the movie better? But, um, I thought the story would have much been much better served had they never left the church. Like it was was a very good, creepy space to be in. Especially with the way. So do you think all the cops should have, should have just went to the, to the church instead of them going to the police station maybe or not even have the cops the cops only existed purely for the idea of showing how unstoppable it is and so that you could have murders before you get to the main characters yeah um you could do that but again i feel like this movie really needed a much more pared down situation unless you had the town in on it in which case i feel like the cops could have very well been in on it as well. And so it didn't matter who they turned to. They were screwed no matter what, almost to the point where like they would offer them up as sacrifices or something by the end of the movie. Which wow, I mean, with the really church dark. theme that definitely takes <laughs> it down a, a different path, right? Yeah, for sure. It's funny you mentioned that because I don't, I don't know if you've watched it, but I got so much um, midnight mass vibes. And I was wondering, I was thinking, uh, that's a show on Netflix, if anyone, if you haven't seen it, but uh, it definitely revolves around, it feels very similar to this. And I kept thinking, I was like, I wonder if Midnight Mass, uh, the guy who, uh, I think his name is Flanagan, um, 
I'm wondering how much she watched Jeepers Creepers because the character, this this antagonist, feels very similar. The way it kind of goes about things feels very similar. And then in that show, there is a whole town involved in the shenanigans. So that's probably why I was waiting for it to happen here. I can see it, especially in the 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 silhouette of the of the creature. I think mm-hmm. it, it very much is reminiscent of the creature from from the Night Mass. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see a mass. connection between. <laughs> well, that's pretty early in it, I think, yeah. and I think even in his like he does, and and this is segueing to a completely different thing, but I think even he wears a trench coat mm-hmm. at yep. one point. Yep. Um, so um, it very well could have been, maybe they, you know, he could have taken inspiration from it potentially. If it really does hit, hit a lot on that. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're sitting here with horror films and we, we know that tropes are all over the place. If you're looking at it, you said a few things that could make it better. Do you want a Jeepers Creepers for? I have like a morbid curiosity for the rest of the movies. I think, I mean, and I, and I think the way that, I think the tone might've been served a little bit better by like Matt, you kind of touched on this a bit, like having it be like more like a competent action as opposed to like, you know, have the, have the main characters be like more competent fighters as opposed to just like afraid and running away from the thing. I think that might've been a little bit more interesting for me. I, I, you know, I'm sure there's been enough sequels and potentially reboots of this. I think there's even the one that came out this year, Reborn. Yeah, that's actually four. That like is the fourth. So I meant fifth. <laughs> there's a lot that, of these. I mean, that li- that that likely could have been, a, I don't know anything about it, but it could have been a remake. I think that mm-hmm. a remake of this would work if you focused on some key element of it. Um, I feel like this one was a little bit too, too scattered in what it was trying to do mm-hmm. with the story. Um, I, I actually would think the opposite of what Bobby was saying about, Hmm. I I'm okay with the main characters, not, you know, being a hundred percent like competent and fighting against it, but it'd be nice, you know, to at least have them consistently, you know, like smart, right? Like you could very well have them figure something. So for example, when they're down, down underneath the church or whatever, they find something, maybe it's weak to fire or something just like in like the thing, right? Like you kind of they they progress and learn and because of their having to be dependent on themselves they could you know do something with it and that's just story writing right well that's that's mm. perfect segue like, to ask you the question so what are you telling people today should they watch this movie matt no i i think that there's there's far better monster movies out there and i think that what this movie does you could easily get out of you know, the, the roadside, you know, horror fest you can get from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You can mm. get, you know, there's, there's so many other movies that I think do what it does better. You know, like it, you know, with the monster that comes out every so often and there, there's better stories that can be told. This, this one didn't, didn't really get the formula right. I think. How about for you, Bobby? Yeah, I, I agree with Matt. I think there's better variations of this kind of thing. And I think, although I th- I think this this movie has interesting stuff to offer, I just think that there's there's other ways you can go that are I think are more entertaining. I'm gonna be weird. I'm gonna say we should take a chance on the 2022 version <laughs> to see if the things that we wish it did have been updated to current times. 
Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe I'm all for it. Maybe, maybe not this one so much. I, I need some more alcohol if we're going that route. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So you know what time it is. We have our recommendations out of the way. Um, it is randomizer time. Matt, uh, can you give us a breakdown of what movies that we have to choose from? So we each submitted a list of 10 movies uh, of Halloween theme, whether that being a horror movie specifically about Halloween or just a general feeling of Halloween. So that gives us a total of 30 movies. Uh, The movies are very varied in theme genre. Uh, we're got Sinister, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Trick or Treat, Cabin in the Woods, Child's Play, the original, Hocus Pocus, Beetlejuice, The Blair Witch Project, Sleepy Hollow, The Conjuring, The Birds, Corpse Bride, Ghostbusters, the original, Jennifer's Body, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Little Shop of Horrors, Pet Cemetery, the original, The Shining, Sixth Sense, Zombieland, American Werewolf in London, Feast, Alien, Shaun of the Dead, Poltergeist, Young Frankenstein, Evil Dead, The Fly, Stir of Echoes, and 28 Days Later. This is eclectic. Who picked this list? (laughs) (laughs) Bunch of weirdos. (laughs) There's a lot here, and I'm kind of sad to say that we're going to only land on one, but I guess let's see what happens. So we have our list of 30. Um, I'm using a randomizer to choose it. Before we start, I want to do a couple shuffles to kind of get the list out of order. So I'm going to do a shuffle, shuffle, and then one last shuffle. And here we go, guys. Our fate for next week is going to be decided. Here we go. What we get? Whoa. We got 28 days later. Oh, right. All right. I'm not going to wow. complain about that. That was, that, was, that was a close one. That one was right on the line between 28 days later and trick or treat. That was, that was a close one between those two. Both good choices, I think. You know what? I'm yeah. not, not going to complain wow. about 28 Days Later. I'm glad we landed on that. And we have clearly a plethora of other options to choose from as we still <laughs> move into our uh, uh, fifth and final film, which we have not revealed yet. So we know next week we'll be watching uh, 28 Days Later. So please tune in for that. And as always, thank you for listening. And remember, every 23rd spring for 23 days, it gets to eat.